Hi, and welcome to episode five of season two of the Connect Two podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Marcus, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little sweaty because I just did a workout. Hey, good for you. Yeah, it's a boxing workout. Oh, at home? No, 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 at uh, at this little boxing gym thing. Oh, I'll have to f- ask you about that because my, of course, Victor really wants to find a boxing gym. So Well, so we're doing one on Tuesdays. It's... Uh, you can certainly participate. Okay, in. I'll talk to him about Tuesday it. Tuesday evenings. I think it's at six thirty. Yeah, it's uh, it's fairly inexpensive, but I'll let him know. Uh, that's great. Okay, yeah. well, good for you. So, uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe, yeah. uh, particularly on iTunes, because that's yeah. where lots of you find us. And uh, comment, send us an email. Uh, I'm going to do my best to try and get rid of that. Uh, that a burglar alarm? <laughs> that's bar- okay. Bar- bar- yeah, burglar alarm. It's a word gonna... that Scotch people can't say. Bar- burglar alarm. Yeah, we're in a tough neighborhood. That's that's here. Yes. Oh, oh, it just stopped. There you go. Okay, good. Maybe the viewers, maybe the viewers, the listeners, since that's where most of you are, uh, will uh, n- not hear anything because I'll do wizardry. With wizardry. Your... Now I thought you said we're getting more hits on the YouTube surprisingly on the youtube <laughs> on the youtube the hard to find youtube yeah we'll have a channel up eventually so, yeah. so today instead of coffee because, because we're actually taping in the evening a different time because uh, theme for today is planning a trip which mark is going on quite a phenomenal journey coming up so we're going to talk about that well and you're going so, on one too and i'm going on one too in a couple of weeks so uh yeah so, so we, we have we partake uh, in something slightly different some Balvenie double wood ah. aged. So it's a, it's a Highland Scotch uh, aged 12 years and matured in two distinct casks. Nice. Mm. Boy, does it ever smell good? Oh, it looks wonderful. Can you too. smell? Oh, yes. So we have very large glasses here. The... <laughs> yeah. So we're only going to have one. The we'll Hobbit see. glasses. Yeah. Well, that's right. We have to drive and get through the podcast. So, Well, which one is more important this, that we be sober for? This might become, well, certainly the driving. Maybe we'll just drink <laughs> scotch every time now. Develop another problem. <laughs> Do you want some water? little drop? I think we better have a drop, a drop of water. Drop of water. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. Mmm. That is that smells good. Wonderful. I don't believe this is cask strength, so we're good. Yeah. All right. So when you get, get uh, um, scotches that are cask strength, you actually have to you have to add water for sure. Oh because yeah. Because then instead of being like forty five percent alcohol, it's like sixty two or 60, right. So sixty something. So looking for trouble. Well, here you go. Here you go. Cheers. Just uh, looking up your old address. <laughs> <laughs> Is, that uh, is nice. That is really smooth. smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have lots of alcohol, but I don't drink it very often. <laughs> yeah, we're the same, you know. Uh, I have so much hard liquor and rarely drink any of it. That's that's okay. <laughs> there you go. So I have a drinking problem. I don't drink enough. Oh, yeah, there wait. you go. That's right. What's the the one from? Uh, from airplane, I have a drinking problem, and he keeps spilling it on his shoulder oh, or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what's uh, what's, what's your, your what's your dad joke? Today? Okay, hang on. Oh, 
I caught you. Mm. So there's this game show on Japanese TV where they take the part male participants and they sprinkle their testicles with glitter. Okay. It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> okay. No, it's pretty nuts. Sorry, that's what I meant. Sparky! <laughs> oh, Sparky does not like that joke. And here I was, I, I was looking at Sparky used to have nuts. No, dirty dad jokes. And I didn't go that. What do you call why do why do seagulls fly over the ocean? Why? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Whew. Thanks, Sparky. We'll see you at the end of the show. <laughs> So I, All right. I found out more about these Klondike papers. Oh, the Klondike papers. Fascinating stuff. So the Klondike papers are from this guy who claims he was a conservative fixer. 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 Probably His name is some, David Wallace. He's probably wouldn't be that hard to verify. Well, this is the thing. This is actually the thing. So he's claiming all kinds of stuff. Okay. He's produced 6,400 pages of emails and, and documents that are in bizarre order and there's it's kind of like a like just a dump of stuff what, without empty a shoebox i don't know it, it's not good who, who has access to the well apparently rcmp there's a whole them. bunch of uh, a bunch of press outlets have them um they're trying to go through them but because they're so disorganized it's a there is some very interesting stuff that's there. It shows some interesting connections between some and disarray in parts of the Canadian Progressive, the Canadian Conservative Party, right? And uh, or the Conservative Party of, of Canada, Canada so right? CPC. Yeah, not the CCP. And um, it's also, um, but the problem is he's claimed a bunch of stuff. And podcasts and interviews subsequent to the release of this information. Okay. None of which is actually, or little of which is actually supported by the documents he's provided. Ah. So some of the allegations that have can, some of the more explosive writing. stuff. Okay. There doesn't appear to be any documented support. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, mm -hmm. but it's not part of the documents he's released. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why he's released these documents. But there's um there's a TikTok user, his name is Sheep King JD. He has kind of posted a whole bunch of stuff about the Klondike papers, uh -huh. and that's gone crazy viral. Right. Um, he's when actually had to go up? through. This is a few weeks ago. Okay. This is a little while ago, but uh, right. they're, they're called the Klondike papers because well, it's up in Canada. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's some allegations right. related to Doug Ford and in Ontario, and apparently then he moved out west and started doing stuff. Um, there's this allegation about the Plymouth Brethren, which is right. this um, ultra-religious... Ultra-Christian, let's be... Well, it's a religious, a Christian religious group. Yes. It's not... They say they're not a cult, but all cults say they're not cults. That's right. So. Kind of like how refreshing it would be if someone actually said, "Yeah, yeah we're, we a are, we're a cult." <laughs> now that you, now that we think about it, yeah, I guess so. Uh, wow, so that could be. Uh, well, I don't know. If come so I it. think the thing is, is that uh, I think the 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 comment is to listen and uh, view it with some caution. Right. 
Don't like many just, things. just go in whole hog. Perhaps we'll have our own January 6th uh, select committee equivalent. Yeah, and with in that, Canada. and with that, they'll have. Uh, well, yeah, well, we don't really want anybody invading Parliament. We had that. We had that, I guess. With the no, committee. no, I'm talking about more about the investigative commission now, mm-hmm. right? Which I've watched mostly just highlights on YouTube. That's some wild stuff too, man. It's so, pretty wild stuff. Yeah. Apparently, there is a filmmaker who is going to be testifying this coming Thursday, which okay. we're recording it on the 21st of June. Yep, a Tuesday. And on Thursday, the the filmmaker has been subpoenaed to produce, like he was in the process of documenting it. So he's got video of Donald Trump before, what? during, and after. And he's been subpoenaed for all the raw footage of it. Wow. Is this the guy who was and he's embedded gonna, with the Proud Boys? I don't well? know. He's going to be testifying on Thursday. Oh, man. So that could be quite something. So they're saying like mainstream media are, are talking about how but don't use becoming... mainstream media it's just media okay, right like media. Come, really <laughs> like okay I'm the regular media, media that MSNBC, has, has CNN. journalistic standards and yes. ethics and they actually fact check stuff before they release it in well, general yeah except for was it vice or there's one of them that they they are the daily beast it's one of them okay that they don't they're not really as rigorous, it. but okay. let's call it corporate media because I mean it's better than conspiracy media. Corporations that are being just call anyways. it conspiracy media. Well, I mean, uh, the problem I have with some of the, the the media companies, particularly that are owned by, well, they're all owned by somebody who's very white and very rich. Usually, mm-hmm. um, they blur the line between opinion and fact of course they do and that's mostly driven by their ownership sure it's entertainment and entertainment uh, and the more crazy they get people going more wound up so you know for these conservatives that think that they're not getting their their platform they're getting too much that's right fundamentally they're getting way too much voice for their crazy conspiracy theories trump says he wants equal time now for what well I don't know because he's. Uh, they they could have had. People are saying, could... "Great, let's have him come testify under oath. Give him all the time he wants. Uh, let him hang himself." That would be a disaster. Anyhow, what I heard is that it's becoming more and more difficult, in the opinion of of certain legal experts for the Justice Department to not indict him, like in the <laughs> face of like overwhelming evidence. Um, it'd be pretty hard to say. Well. We're just going to let it go. So we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I'll tell you that uh, the other thing I learned was video is funky to try and put together. Oh, is that right? Oh, just I had uh, I thought I had it all figured out from last week in terms okay. of I, everything was going along. And then yep. all of a sudden my uh, well, my computer first ran out of disk space because That's always each of these uh, videos that we're producing is somewhere between 60 and 80 gigabytes. Of okay. Data. So it takes a long time to just, just to, to mm-hmm. copy it from mm-hmm. one device to another. Um, and, um, some of the, yeah, it just some, wow. some I'm using premier pro and it sometimes just chokes on stuff. Now, yeah. some people will say use something else, but I'd still need right 
significant horsepower in order sure. for it to work. So well, I do appreciate you being our our our, uh, our technical engineer. producer. Yeah, exactly. So what else have you learned? Um. Uh, well, whenever you're going camping, it's always very useful to do a shakedown of your, <laughs> your vehicle okay. before. Are we getting right the... into it then? Okay. Cause I was going to talk about an alien thing, but no, no, no. Let's just, let's talk on. about the alien thing. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, so there's an expectation for, for people when they buy new trailers, um, I have a camper that sits in the truck or a yeah. van that they're built to the same standards as vehicle cars. manufacturers. And they are so not. They are not. No. And even trucks are not built to the same standard as right. cars. So you get a car, you're good for a while. Everything yeah. will probably work. And yeah. you you know, you get a lot of support. Well, and- I would I would suspect that even on a motorhome, the like the vehicle part is probably pretty good. Probably pretty solid. But it's when you start looking at the hot water heater well, and the water system. Apparently and... some manufacturers, trailers apparently are quite something, quite bad. It's not uncommon for you to put water in and the first time you use it, it's like a sprinkler. Everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, I mean, these things are built in, in they're mass produced. All, you know, like something like 80% of them come out of a little town. I can't remember where it is now, but all the big forest river and, uh, they're all in the same town. Well, most of them are owned by by one or two manufacturers. Yeah. So own that's all like, these different brands. Exactly. So they've it's kind of huge... been slowly kind of accumulating all the brands. Yeah. So uh, that's why you, like most of the components are the same. And yeah. So well, and, have... and right now it's near impossible to get new trailers and new new uh, camper vans. Camper vans are obscenely expensive right now. Right. So, like the average cost You'd for you think it'd be a lot of used product on the on the market though. Apparently well, we not because the they're so but they're so or... expensive that what ends up happening is the people that buy them typically get more uh, loans. Mm. So and and then when they go to sell them, they can't quite get as much as they paid for them. Right. And as a result, they're taking a big bath on the okay. On the, they can't afford to sell them basically is a wow. short answer. So, um, and the average cost for a camper van uh-huh. is somewhere between 150 dollars and $250,000. Oh, like, honestly, that's, that is a new, like, even for the ones that are not quite so good, they're all that kind of, <laughs> and there is a huge shortage in the chassis. Right. You've got uh, Amazon buying the chassis up like mad oh, for, for the little trucks. delivery trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got sure. um, a number of other manufact uh, other other companies are buying them up, and then uh, these camper van guys they they have to get the chassis, and then it takes them upwards of like eight months to a year to get it all done. So when you get this new chassis, it's actually been sitting there for a while, and right. then and then usually the uh, the warranty starts once the thing is delivered. Sure, interesting. Yeah. So, I gotta say, I'm I'm very happy. We we bought a our motorhome is like 1988, and we paid twelve thousand dollars for it, and uh, it's awesome. What's the? Uh, what, I mean, it's what, not. What was the hit? Top of the charts in 1988. There you go. Let's see. You know, it's so funny because that you should mention that because it actually feels like such ancient technology. Because it really is. Like, there's no electronics in it. Uh, I mean, the guy that we bought it from, his his widow 
so it's got a pretty kick butt sound system but yeah you know it's it's the old faith by george michael there you go like the heating stuff it's the sliders <laughs> it's i the, mean the top four hang on okay I, I, the, um, faith by george michael yeah I, I need you tonight by nxs yeah got my mind set on you by george harrison and you're about to get rick rolled nice <laughs> Never gonna give you up. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's the only thing that the RV plays on its radio, actually. So <laughs> that makes sense. Now. That's why you keep coming in and you get so, rickrolled every only time. Got you one want. tune. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, it's twelve thousand bucks. We're we're thinking of taking it across the country. My wife keeps saying, "When's that gonna happen?" I'm like, "Well, I'm working on it." But uh, we figure if it if it craps out. We'll just leave it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 50000 man. That's a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. So. for. Well, so part of my rationale with the truck camper is I got all, I basically paid a similar dollars, but I've got a vehicle that I can separate from my mm -hmm. camper. Mm -hmm. And then in the winter, I can drive the vehicle. Like the Enterprise separate from the saucer section. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and when we have the the truck is called Larry, or we also it also has the nickname the Behemoth. There you go from the yeah, Expanse. That's right. And then the the camper itself is the Rossi, and I have little stickers. I know I've seen little them. Rossi stickers. I mean that is the one thing about our. I, we home. even have T-shirts. It's uh, it's all together. Yeah, and you know we're not bringing a separate vehicle. Although thoughts of maybe one of those electric scooters have been floated. Because that could be fun. That could be you fun. Know, you could park it if you just need to go into town to get, you know, eggs or whatever. So we'll see. But anyhow, uh, it ain't 150 grand. So there you go. So we were talking about trip planning. And you, so you were going on an extended voyage. Well, I had uh, on this bucket. Very different trip than, than the trip that we're doing. I had a right? bucket list thing that I've always wanted to go drive to the Yukon. I, I don't really know why, I but was I, say, I felt that I wanted to right. do this. My wife um, has got some work commitments and didn't think she could take the time off. So um, so I initially intended on going solo. Mm -hmm. um, well, solo with my dog. So my dog right. is both a blessing and a curse. She is, uh, she's awesome, but she's also a little needy at times. Sure. I think it's going to be great. And um, she'll have a good time. And we have a friend who's coming along. She's got her own, uh, her own um, camper van. It's quite new. And uh, does she listen to our podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> I just want to make sure before any comments are made. Well, that'll be so coming out after. Well, you guys are away. <laughs> oh, no, I guess not. Uh, the week after. So, okay. Uh, well. Uh, it'll be what after. Let's keep it generic. The, the point is these things, um, well, shit, anything. Like, even when we pull our out of storage, we'll usually do a pretty good you know, shakedown, right? Because well, you got to do a clean, clean up. I mean, I've got uh, I've got to dump my gray water tank because yep. even though they did a dewinterization, they apparently filled up my gray water tank. So now I've got to get rid okay. of that before yep. I get started. I got to check my propane. I've got to fill it full of fresh water. And I got to make sure I have, you know, the right kind of toilet paper because RV toilet paper 
If you don't, if you've never been in an RV, you don't know that the toilet paper is different. Yep. It's designed so it doesn't stick to the sides. It's uh, the... same as, uh, yeah, same stuff they use in boats. Yeah. So marine and RV. Yeah. Um, and then you need to have kind of like, you know, what kind of foods are going to work. And yep. uh, there's different kinds of, you know, uh, my uh, camper is, um, is a Four Seasons one, which is, it's not a true Four Seasons one because... We live so far north that if it got below minus twenty, you'd be screwed. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, my f- four seasons for the rest of North for America. For most of North America, would definitely be four seasons. It's mm. just uh, we're far enough north mm-hmm. that it's uh, it would not be quite. So and good. going further north. Yeah, and I'm going yeah. way further north. Um, I'm I'm going to hopefully. Th- there's a few things I've discovered in terms of my trip planning. One is. All of the campsites only take cash. Really? So I need cash and it's like $12 and none of them take reservations. Yep. First come, first serve. First right. come, first serve. Um, the um, If you want power and water, you got to go to uh, an RV park and those are going to be like 60 bucks a night. Oh, okay. So these are just regular campsites. These are regular campsites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you can run dry, right? Like you've got enough power to... Uh, and the batteries to run lights for a couple of days, probably. Yeah, and I've got uh, I've got two big solar panels on top, okay. so I can boondock quite a bit. And as soon as I, as soon as I start running the truck, yeah, it repowers it powers back up. And I've sure. got Absolutely. two twelve volt batteries. Yeah, you should be fine. So, and I, I mean, you're going to be moving. The only thing that it won't place, do, right? yeah, the only thing it won't do is it won't run the air conditioner. I have a microwave, or I had a microwave. I took the microwave out. Did you really? Well, because it was a giant bread box. Okay. We just don't use a microwave. Okay. I'll just cool. uh, so, sooner use, and I have a, it's, I've got a three burner stove and like, yeah. I don't think I've ever used more than one at a time, but I've got a three burner stove. It's, it's actually got an oven. Yeah. So does ours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've actually made, uh, what the hell did we, I think we made cookies in the oven in our previous trailer I had to get there late the pilot uh, again you know you i'm know, gonna have some more i might have a, a smidge more not much though gotta drive um yeah so you know speaking of i don't know what your friends our friends unit has but it's really good she wants to use that oven you gotta light that pilot so oh i don't have a pilot i have a oh, electronic spot. ignition you know what i might have a pilot yeah i think i have a pilot, you, might have a pilot. you gotta get in there so Anyhow, so our trip, slightly different. We're going to hike the West Coast Trail, so that's backcountry camping. Yeah, and, I'm going to be um, doing some backcountry camping at the end of September. Backcountry camping is so neat because it's so different. It is different. You have to, like, you know, some people, not me, but I know a lot of people, <laughs> will, and they backcountry camp, they, like, weigh everything, and they're yeah, very, very... Paulette, uh, my wife, has done quite a bit of it, mm-hmm. and uh, she will do that on occasion, um, definitely weigh the bags. And so, uh, yeah, we're probably gonna do that for our trip as well. So we're doing the West coast trail, which, uh, is 70 plus kilometers over seven days. That's a lot. Um, it's going to be a lot and, uh, it's ladders and tide tables and hike by the beach until a certain hour and then get the hell up to higher ground and, you know, keeping, keeping track of all that good chance. We're going to be rained on. Well, so I'm setting my expectations that 
if it doesn't rain every day, that'll be like a huge win. So I'm just thinking like it's gonna rain all the time. Well, I think and that way any breaks in the rain will be like, whoa, thumbs up. So yeah, I think uh, that that would be an interestingly. So I, I I've only gone backcountry camping once. And so the nice thing about that is I didn't really have to worry about everything getting wet, yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. seems to me like this extra level of complexity <laughs> because Sorry. not only got to carry Holy everything, mostly. it's got water in there. Okay, good. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, big ears. Yeah. I'm supposed to go. Same goes, big nose. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. That's an Australian cheer. School. So how do you plan for a trip? That's that was going to be our theme. Well, I think... Uh, you like to just wing it? You know, there's, <laughs> there's, parts, there's parts I like to wing and there's parts I don't like to wing. So I like to sit down and try and figure out how many meals I need to make yes. and make sure I have enough sure. for one for each meal. Yeah. Inevitably, that kind of changes as you go along mm -hmm. because maybe you're hungry, maybe you're not. Um when you're camping, it's always good to have kind of snacky stuff. Yep. Um, but I'm not a big snacky person, so I always find that a little awkward. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, like, you know, having s'mores and uh, sounds great, but it would never occur to me. Because, first of all, I never make desserts at home. Like, yeah. never. Right. So, if we're going to have desserts, either my wife has made the dessert, somebody has brought the dessert... Or we have bought the dessert. Right. Because I don't yeah. make desserts. Well, backcountry, I've not done as much as my wife. Not bringing a lot of the extra stuff. You're bringing, uh, and, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes. Pre-made, like, uh, like a lot dehydrated of dehydrated. Stuff. So we're doing chili. Uh, we're buying some of these uh, camping sort of like backpacking meals. Yeah, those are just, really good. Yeah, some of them are good. Some of them are um, less good. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to be a little bit of testing. Well, I've got a, I've got a, a gravity bag, gravity filter. Yeah, those are super. Yeah, I can't believe how cool those. They are. really are good. We we you basically the, just take we sell the pump one. Those are nuts. So and good. my wife found this gravity one. Yeah, you just fill the bag full yeah. of water and hang it on from a tree, exactly. and you wait. Yep. And then all of a sudden you have a whole lot of water. No, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we use that. Um, and I I really discovered during my backcountry that uh, you need to have like some water bottles. I was using a hydration pack that was inside. That's okay for a bit, but it's not enough. No, it's not enough. Yeah. So we, yeah, you need to. to uh, I didn't think I needed a extra bottles for water but you do you do uh first aid kit so i'm so luckily where i'm going with an emt who used to be a uh a guide uh like for yamniska not a sponsor uh mountain adventures out of canmore uh in fact that's how we met him paulette did some excursions with him uh, which he did uh some significant stuff i don't think he was on the mountain ascent that she did but same organization. Mm -hmm. uh, so he knows what he's doing. Paulette has done quite a bit. So how many people are going with your party? Uh, four. So there's four. All, all. How difficult is it to uh, to book the West Coast trip? You know, it wasn't that bad, but I think Paulette had three computers. Uh, she's become <laughs> the sounds, master. That sounds bad. Yeah. Oh, she had more than that. I think we had five computers because it opens and then you got to be on it, right? Mm -hmm. It was actually easier than uh, those other camps, like Camp O'Hara uh, or Lake O'Hara, 
is mm-hmm. super. We did that last year. Uh, or maybe it was the year before. It was the year before. Yeah. Was it worth it? Oh, Lake O'Hara is phenomenal. You know, she actually went twice that year uh, because we got uh, a reservation and she got another one almost by luck. Took the kids. That's a really nice. Um, yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Speaking in September. Of bucket lists. I'm going to Mount Assiniboine, and there's like a, apparently there's like a lodge. Yes. There. Yeah. It's already booked. You're not doing the climb though, are you? No, we're doing we're doing the flight in, and then okay. we're doing the. Because Paulette climbed Assiniboine. <laughs> I'm sure in, she did. Back in 2017. Okay, I am uh, not that hardcore. Okay, yeah. So you know, I, I'm just chance uh, to take mountain climbing training and well, I, I I'm going avalanche rescue. I'm going and, with another fellow who is another photographer. He's a landscape photographer. Okay. So we got two photographers. So you guys are hi- yeah, you guys are gonna hike it. I mean, there's lots of trails around. Yeah, but not doing the summit. I'm not a big mountain climber either. Although I did enjoy. Well, David uh, is uh, David, who I'm going with. He's um, he's in his early seventies. So. Oh wow! So yeah, he's he's, he's way fitter than I am. So. <laughs> He will That's do the way thing. better we, than we me. did. We did the uh, uh, Wapta ice fields, and you just meet these people in these lodges who are amazingly fit, and it's like 60, 70, and so that's kind of something to aspire to, you know? yeah. So, but uh, so those trips, I find you gotta have some planning. Uh, like I was just telling you, we, we, I have a trail book, we're actually mapping it out, uh, to see you know, uh, West Coast Trail. You can only, there's a lot of places you can camp, but on the beach, there's a lot of places that at night are underwater. So, you know, <laughs> so not a good you plan. can sort of camp a lot of places, but not every place, right? Well, and, uh, uh, and there's ladders and, and you're, you're on the beach, you're up above the beach, you're up and down. So it's going to be quite the adventure. Interesting. But, uh, the, um, so white horse, you're going to be going to Skagway. I think you said, no, I'm not going to Skagway. I'm going to car cross and, um, close to Skagway, but we won't cross into the border there okay but then i'm gonna go around to the other side go down to haynes mm. and they have a bald eagle sanctuary something mm. there so i think it's the eagle capital of okay. the u.s or wow. something and um so i so i've got these um they're called uh back uh, Backroads map books. Oh yeah, there are these. You can get these books. So I've got right. them for Northern BC. Like from the AMA or something. No, like no, it's from this company called Backroads mm. Map Books, and uh, it's incredible detail. It's really great if you're fishing or ATVing, or it's got all the topography. It's got right. all the roads, and uh, I mean the thing is, is uh, the you know having paper map maps is really useful particularly uh, where I'm going because there is not a lot of cell phone coverage That's for right. most of this trip. Yeah. So uh, yeah, most of the backcountry stuffs like that too. You, you, you're, you're on your own. Yeah. And uh, it's, although my wife does have one of those satellite, uh, it's called an inReach, okay. uh, which is basically a big button. If you fall down and break your leg, you just click the button and they're within, I think 10 meters, they can pinpoint where you, where are. you are, sends out a signal, you pay for it. And then they show up presumably within a few hours you can also text with it so uh i don't think you need that no but, uh, i think we'll be because you're going to be doing major roads and well, we're going to be on the alaska part. highway for yeah. most of it yeah but uh, that'll be awesome yeah. but i i i am <laughs> i am dying to hear how it goes with the fact that you're having a companion who is perhaps not as prepared 
Well, it's funny because she is like a... As you'd expect. That's her... Uh, that's her... <laughs> her thing is being prepared, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Not going to go there. Um, but... Uh, well, what could go wrong? <laughs> so we've mapped out rough locations for where we're going to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I, yeah. I'm going to kind of... The big thing is getting all the food, and, and sure. I haven't really used the truck this year, the camper this year. So, although, you know, every time I walk into it, it just it has a smell, and it just, like, makes me think of freedom. Yeah, this thing has really been good for you. Like, you've oh, yeah. really... Uh, I've really enjoyed this it. Is, this has become quite the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, that uh, is awesome. Um, Whitehorse, well, it's been a lot of years, but really nice town. And so you're gonna spend kind of like some time in Whitehorse. Yeah. So and and my yeah, wife, so my wife and son are supposed to meet up with us in Whitehorse. Yeah. So, so Whitehorse and Yellowknife very different. Like Whitehorse is when we were there, it's organic in that you've got you got artists and well, yeah, but even the architecture, you know, it's there's a lot of brick, there's a lot of buildings walks. that have been there for a long time. Whereas you go to Yellowknife, it's, clearly it's been you know, c constructed, right? Like yeah, a lot it's of very prefab, very industrial. Yeah, I mean, neat place, but yeah, but Whitehorse just feels like it. It's, I think, organic's the best word. We went to some kind of uh, Klondike kind of review, which was fun. In in Whitehorse. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, we'll see so. what it. I mean, pandemic is just opening uh, things up now, so uh, Arctic char. If you can, I don't know if they'll have it there. I've had, I've had had lots of arctic char i really quite like arctic it is char. it's like uh super tender salmon you ever been to the wildcat cafe in edmonton in no in Yellowknife. no i i spent very little time in Yellowknife. Yeah. I, I have to say though the coldest place i have ever been was in Yellowknife. yeah i was uh it, it was minus 50 i know i was <laughs> i i've never been in a place that's minus 50 i thought it couldn't get worse than minus 40 but apparently you can it was a lot worse i have a great minus 50 story so i went up to Yellowknife for a uh, a project and, and paulette and victor at that age time he was probably about six months old were supposed to come up with me and the people up there said don't don't bring your wife and kid it's like it's ungodly cold yeah. so i rented uh rented a car at the airport you rented a car at the airport oh my now the thing about the airport in Yellowknife is it's uh, the car rental places it's pretty small airport and so unlike let's say in most airports where car rental is right there this is probably half a kilometer down the road where the car rental place is so i'm walking it's minus 50 and i get there and guess what no cars and i'm like what's going on and they're like well it's so cold that you know all the, like a lot of locals their vehicles freeze up and uh, we just we rent them the cars before the tourists. So I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I had to phone a cab and it was, but it's minus 50 and you'd think it's going to shut down, right? It's like, it's like a rainy day in Vancouver. People are on the street. They're, they're oh just my. going about their business, you know, bundled up. But, um, but then except the, the power went out in my hotel and I was like, uh oh, so how long can you last? you know, sitting in this hotel room with no power. I was out for about four hours and it's still getting pretty chilly. Did I ever tell you my Grease Fjord story? 
Well, yeah, because that's way up there, right? Yeah, so it's uh, Canada's northernmost community. Yeah. It's on Ellesmere Island. It's on the southern tip of Ellesmere Island. It's a pretty small community. Now, I went there oh, in the like 95, <laughs> Yeah. right? So the only thing further north in... Uh, in in on Ellesmere is two places there there actually is a national park at the northern end of Ellesmere but there has like five people show up every year <laughs> I was gonna say there is, a, there like a week there is a web, there? there is a military station at alert oh yeah which alert, is in the northern alert, tip or alert bay or well it's called it's alert. alert yeah I don't I don't know if there's a bay yeah. or not and then there is uh Eureka which is also in Ellesmere which is another weather station so right. we basically Unless you have a reason to be there, you don't go to either of those right, places. Right. So I How was big there. Is Grace Fjord? Sixty people. Okay. With uh, and it had like two. That is a small Two town. white people I had like a nurse, and uh, the RCMP officer were the only white people. And I was there, in the hotel, which is also the only place to eat. Right. And so when you at the time when you book the hotel room, you're also paying for food. Mm. And if you're not there when they serve the food, that's it. You're <laughs> SOL. <laughs> and uh, I discovered that. So most of my traveling to uh, the north and the Northwest Territories at the time, and now it's Nunavut, uh, is was was during the '90s. Yeah. And. Um, Wow, I, I, I covered a lot of territory. I went to, you know, Rankin Inlet, which I think has a different name. A lot of them changed their names. There was Copper Mine, Pelly Bay, yeah, 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 yeah. Baker's Lake, yeah. Baker Lake. Um, I went to uh, Resolute, and and the cool, cool, the cool thing of to get to Grease Fjord, you fly to Resolute first, and then from Resolute you catch a twin otter to. Grease Fjord. Now, right. Grease Fjord is a box canyon. That means you have to land. You cannot no, you cannot not land. Right. You have have to land or you smack into a wall. Okay. Okay. And now Twin Otters, the neat thing about Twin Otters is they fly very, they can fly very slow. Mm. So they're, they can land on pretty much anything because, but I get to go into the Twin Otter and the guy told me to hang tough because they had just hauled some cargo and he had to put the seats down. So he unsnapped a clip and this like uh, tubular thing rolls down with like a canvas seat and he said there's your seat and i'm going like really yeah and he said there's your seat belt and there was a seat belt yeah. like connected to this i'm going like, like i have no confidence it's like in this. the jump seat right oh yeah like it folded down from the ceiling it was quite something and um so when i went there was uh staying at the hotel there was um two contractors as i was there to inspect the contractor's work and they weren't done so I ended up spending a week there <laughs> okay. because there's only two flights, only two flights a week. And I uh, read all the books at the library too. Yeah. <laughs> so I arrived there. It's in September. Uh, it was about minus five or minus 10. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the ice had just left the bay and, and it was coming back in. And, right. uh, the um but uh that night that week of summer was over well that night <laughs> so there was the two contractors there was me an engineer 
And then there was an accountant. The, the accountant for the band was there. He was doing their financial stuff. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but I arrived. Sounds like and that night. Played some poker, drank some whiskey. Well, no. So what happened is that night I arrive, power is out in the entire community. <laughs> Everything is starting to freeze up. And so they they got to be so, so they, they had these generators. They had three generators, and they had progressively had troubles with each one, oh, and went man. to the last one. And then the last one was finally failed, and they didn't have the right parts, and they didn't have a mechanic. So they were flying up a mechanic the next day from Montreal to actually. Fix. They were stealing parts from the other generators sure. to try and keep one going. One going. Wow. And um, so, right. so the hotel said to me, "Well, you're the engineer. Can you do anything?" <laughs> I can like, freeze. I'm going. Well, I don't want to freeze because I'm in the hotel, so yeah. I have a self-interest. So, we managed to get the contractors had a welding unit that had um, a bunch of diesel, and it actually had like a just 120 volt. Uh, outlet so i basically I, I i rigged it up so that we got power from the outlet from the generator and connected it to run the furnace so it ran the motor and, and fired up the furnace and kept everybody warm so we did not freeze in the hotel uh, the rest of the community good luck but Brilliant. we did not freeze That's awesome. and uh I, but i did not sleep very much because i was sitting there going it's still running yeah it's still running that's awesome and uh yeah so uh yeah that was my that was my macgyvering uh experience to 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 get the community but so these contractors arrived <laughs> they, these two contractors are from calgary they'd already been there for a while and there was uh the person who was in charge of the hotel is this young lady and she was also the cook and the she was everything right she was, she sure. was the everything person yeah, for the yeah, hotel yeah. and the community had just had the a flight arrive with their annual um their annual fishing so they would take they take a plane okay. they fly to a different island <laughs> they collect a whole bunch of arctic char yeah and that's food for the entire community for the next year. They freeze it all. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. So we had fresh Arctic char that was arriving. And the, the, um, the woman at the hotel said, well, I'm not really supposed to feed you this stuff. This is really intended for the community. But, but it's fresh. It's fresh, fresh, fresh. So if you want, I'll put some butter, some lemons in, and we'll bake it, and we'll give you Arctic char. So the accountant says, yes, please. Yes. I said, absolutely. Uh, like, yeah, you bet. Like, this amount of Arctic char will cost you, like, hundreds of dollars oh, in, sure. in, yeah. in Edmonton. Yeah. And the two contractors said, yeah, we're from Calgary. We don't do fish. We don't do fish in do you have, Calgary? Like, do you have anything, like fried bologna or anything like Fuck. well that's what the this woman offered was fried bologna and wow. they said sure we'll take the fried bologna unreal rather than uh, rather than this fresh who says calgarians are not sophisticated and worldly exactly <laughs> well i was up uh we flew out of Yellowknife to do a small this was with ad williams yeah, yeah. well that's where uh, i did most of yeah them. and we were flying into a small community and one of the draftsmen who was working there was terrified of 
a single uh, engine plane. Like he kept, he wanted to know, were we going with a twin engine plane? And we found out it was a single engine plane. We had to coax him into the airplane. I mean, it was it was touch and go there. He was totally terrified. But as we're flying, the pilot actually goes, you know, in reality, you're much better off with a single engine. <laughs> and I was like, and we're flying over like nothing, right? Having this conversation. I'm like, well, this is a good time to have this conversation. Was this Al Williams? No. No, no. It was a charter guy from charter. up there. And of course, the guy who's terrified is hearing all of this. And this is not making the situation better. But the logic was... You have a twin engine plane, you're going to crash anyways, you know, eventually, but you're going to crash at a much higher speed. Because you have a single engine plane, engine goes out, you're coasting, you're a glider, and if you've got a reasonably good pilot, they'll, he'll bring it down, and uh, you've got a much higher chance of living. I was like, you know, that makes sense, right? Because you're not going to shut down the second engine. You're going to try and finagle it, but you're going to be hitting the ground at, at you know, many many knots where he goes yeah no single well, engine goes out my, my understanding is those like, single okay. engines they're incredibly robust they they're like a lawnmower engine they're designed just to run and run yep. and run and run and um although you know i heard that same kind of argument from from al williams and <laughs> so and if you're not familiar with ad williams uh so i knew al williams i knew i knew um his son, uh, Regan. Regan as well, yep. but not as well as I knew Al. No, I... And um, um, both of them died in plane crashes. Yeah, a year apart. Almost a year to the day yeah, apart. it was bizarre. In two different airplanes, not yes. the same airplane. No, that's right. And um, Not only they died, but like a number of other yeah, employees. Yeah, yeah like devastating. Was, so, they, so Al Williams was flying his personal plane. Right. Apparently, he almost made it. Yes. He hit a he hit a boulder at the last minute that caused the plane to flip. flip. Yeah. But they were almost had it landed. Well, he was a, a very skilled pilot. Yeah, he had so, a crazy number of hours. Yeah. And as a pilot, and um, and his granddaughter survived. That's right. Upside down yeah. in a car seat, uh, like a in car, car seat. seat. Yeah. Um, but the the chief financial officer and he died. That's right. And there was a. There was like uh, another plane that was flying simultaneously, and uh, they um, they managed to they, they right because they hit they hit like a storm and it yeah and I think there, he was flying in his personal plane which was like a, a, a slower plane yeah smaller Cessna plane or something yeah. that really yeah. uh, I think yeah. they needed to fly by visual visual flight rules right so there was some issue with that but a year later uh, Regan was flying their their Twin prop Malibu. Well, I think it was not twin prop. It was a single prop, but was it, it was, it was, it was a turbo prop. Oh was, yeah, maybe you're right. Yes. Um, it was a Malibu, and um, I, and it uh, a plane that I think both you and I flew in many a, times. Ma yeah, quite a number of times. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of it's kind of a different experience to be in a smaller plane where you get to see the pilot absolutely doing stuff, yeah. and uh, it's kind of interesting when they talk. You'll you'll hear them go. Uh, uh, tower, can you uh hear me? Uh, and the reason they do the uhs is so that their voice is not clipped on their first syllable because the right. mics click on and click off. Right. Sure. So they actually make this 
sound before they talk the to activate the mic, the mic. Yeah. so that when the when they're talking to the to the tower or to another plane they don't get parts of their yeah. conversation well, i'll tell you i'll tell you a funny al williams story so <laughs> so we i flew with al somewhere in in the malibu and uh it was really neat um got to be in the passenger seat next to him and like i said very skilled pilot no worries we fly out. I think we might've gone to Yellowknife or I can't remember where, but anyways, but we get back to the, at that time, the regional airport and we get in his car and the trip in his car was 10 times more terrifying <laughs> because we're driving on the highway and he's got his phone. He's got his, his, his calendar, you know, book open in his knees. And he's kind of steering what it needs. He's taking notes Staring with his knee, talking on the phone, writing in his book. Oh, and I'm like, I want to be back in the airplane. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Well, I was, I was really funny because... So it was like, yeah, so this, no, this plane, it had seats for the two... I think it sat eight or something. I think it sat eight, including yeah. the pilot and right. co-pilot. Yeah. And there were six behind. and uh, But it had no... There was no bathroom. So no, there was absolutely right. no bathroom. <laughs> so... So if you weren't, so, and the first thing that Al would do as soon as you got in the air is, anybody want some coffee? <laughs> and then just like, you're going like, I'm not going to break the seal. There's no way I'm drinking any liquids whatsoever until we're back on terra firma. And, um, but he was like that. He was, uh, he had, um, I have to say, there's a lot of things I learned from Al and uh, I, that have stuck me to this day. A lot right. of, uh, I mean, he was an incredible marketer. He was, oh, like, yeah. absolutely, he was a bit of a visionary when it he came to a, marketing. He was also a guy who, despite his foibles, if, you know, when he came and, and uh, I used to call it pixie dust, you know, like you come, you, you could be so angry with him. You come into your office, he'd sit, he'd bullshit, then he'd leave and you'd be like, geez, that's. He's a great guy. And <laughs> you forgot what you were mad about. Him. Exactly. One more quick aviation story. So I used to fly out of, out of uh, government air services up to high level and whatnot. Okay. And again, one time, and I can't remember who I was with, but really nervous about flying. So again, because it's bigger plane, but still not that much bigger. Maybe yeah. it could seat maybe 16 or something. So we're getting into this plane. And one of the pilots, I think it might have been the co-pilot, I, I think he probably had Propecia. Right, that that condition where you can't grow hair. Right, right. And so, <laughs> I was sitting in this thing. Like GI Jane, or uh... yeah, but he was completely Bird. hairless, yeah. right? Except he had tattooed eyebrows, and they were these really thick, like almost like Joe Pesci in uh, um, JFK. So nervous guy is sitting next to me, and the pilots are doing their thing, and then this guy turns around to see if everybody's all right. And it was just, he's this totally bald guy with these big drawn on eyebrows. And he's like, everybody okay? And this guy next to me just about passed out. It was like, oh! And I'm like, it's okay. I think he's just got propitia. But it was, uh, it was a jarring image, you know? They did a great job. <laughs> uh, well, so we did another episode earlier today and talked about a lot of the media we're consuming. I'm very looking, I'm look, I'm very, I'm very, very looking is very looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's working. It's magic. Um, uh, what are uh, you looking forward to, Mark? Uh, the, the season finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, oh, yes. which will have happened. 
Um, and uh, I believe the season finale, which will be this Friday, which will be for the boys. So right, you that, have been just very taken with this. The boys, the boys is uh, it's it's. I mean, it's gross. It there are very few people with any endearing qualities, but uh, but there's something about it because it, it, it's just. It, it presents superheroes if superheroes were more like regular people and right. took advantage of their powers sure. instead of only doing things for good. Yes. So, so uh, reminds me a bit of the Watchmen, although they were more flawed. No, this is like the boys. That's Yeah. The, yeah. And, and the thing about the boys is the boys... Uh, focuses a lot on tropes and like nazism and oh, good there's like maga like sure. characters yeah. and uh and there's a corporation that basically a corporation behind the superheroes right. that manipulates so it's actually them. like what it would be in our shitty world if there actually was superhero yeah superpowered people yeah <laughs> Now, are some of them created by the corporation? Actually, don't tell me because I do eventually want to watch it. Okay, I, I because of that, I am not telling you okay. how they became superheroes. Good. It is explained as you go through, which is which is good because the unfolding is just as important. But it Excellent. is um, there's a lot of malevolent players, and pretty right. much all of them have some degree of meanness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just now I hear uh, uh, there's a. There's a movement afoot for Carl Urban to play Wolverine. And really? I think he would be good. I think he'd be a good Wolverine. You know, I so he is a fairly central character in The Boys. Yeah. His character is Butcher, and I really despise him. Yeah, well, that means he's doing a good job, though. Yeah, I mean, he's really trying yeah. to be despicable, but, you know, I don't know. There's he has opportunities to not be despicable and he never chooses. He's despicable nevertheless. He chooses them nevertheless. Right. And he tells everybody. And he uses a uses a very foul language to refer to very British foul language. He uses the C word a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so not a show for the kiddies, folks. No. <laughs> Excellent. No. Um, and okay. uh, what kind of video games? We never talk about video games because I don't really play video games. Yeah. So. I So I, I drive my son crazy, as I was telling you, because he likes to blow through stuff quick. And I have all these games that I am in progress. It might take me like five years to get through a game. So uh, I really like first-person shooters or third-person shooters. And I'm, I'm sort of a story-driven guy. Kids play these online battle royale stuff and it just drives me nuts it's just not my speed so like, i like like um, i prefer to play by myself me too i don't really yeah. want to be playing with anybody yeah. else so right now i'm playing red dead redemption 2 playing the last of us 2 i'm playing hitman uh the new hitman 1 is that the, with the bald hitman yeah okay um i'm playing something called alien isolation which is really good but terrifying I'm playing a VR game based on... Uh, you have like an Oculus? Oh, yeah. No, we have the PS uh, VR. Okay. Uh, which is based on The Exorcist, which I can only play a little bit at a time because it is freaking terrifying. <laughs> it is okay. totally immersive. But that's the kind of stuff I like. Um, but like, so Victor just goes like, are you done this yet? Oh, uh, the Uncharted collection. Uh, I'm replaying. So... First and third person shooters that have a good story. That's the stuff I like. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I've tried GTA for a bit. Yeah. See, I, I love I, Grand Theft Auto. I can't drive the freaking awesome. vehicles, which seems like an important part <laughs> of GTA. Now, I play on a console, though. I, I'm never a big fan with the W, A, and X keys. My son is know? absolutely, totally with out of doubt is a pc gamer no, see, I, just, I i tell you where i switched to console i i had a game that i downloaded on my computer completely screwed up my computer this was a work computer and i was like that's it i'm done no more games on a thing computer on another thing so mm. but but gta again the thing that blows me away with these games and red dead redemption's the same way the like the 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 detail that goes into these games is mind-blowing right um like you know my horse doesn't need to poop in red dead redemption but it does and it's ball shrink when it's when you're out in the winter and it's freezing you're out top on the mountains the balls on the horse actually get smaller nice. that's the kind of detail i appreciate <laughs> that just gives you a little sense of of, of things so very immersive oh, very cool um on that note <laughs> on that happy note <laughs> ah. Uh, we'll get together for episode six. Right. I'm not sure when we're going to do that no, exactly, but we'll exactly. get it. It'll it'll happen. So we'll carry on. And with you are leaving Sunday morning. Soon. Yeah. So Sunday morning, and then I'm gone for time. twelve days. So. Right. Yeah. And then I do a wedding two days after I get back. Oh yeah, that so, should be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't do a lot of weddings. Uh, weddings are fun. It's quite interesting too meet people and get to know them in a way that you wouldn't necessarily know them normally. Sure. So, but anyway. I don't know. I think that would have risks. It could either be the best day or their worst day. You know, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a pretty good photographer. Smile. So I'm really good at getting, in general, I'm really good at getting a lot of images. Yeah. I get great feedback yeah. from clients. Uh, I'm just a little slow in turning stuff around. So. It's like anyway. the best man has something he wants to tell everybody. Oh, exactly. Switching the video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, is Sparky gonna say anything? Oh, Sparky doesn't talk. He never says anything. Oh, he's sad now. Sparky, are you having a good time? Is it later? You ready? You thought sleep? you were gonna be on Joe Rogan, <laughs> <laughs> and you want to be paid. Well, life is full of disappointments, my friend. <laughs> Welcome to the world. <laughs> okay, I'll see you next week. All right, you bet, Mark. Take care. Bye.